Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Welcome. Today's topic is the goddess Sarasrati, the goddess of knowledge, consciousness, and creation. This is Monica Penaconda, and with me today is Cindy Lindsay Royal, healer and psychologist, to explore more about the importance of knowledge and of Saraswati's grace in our lives. So, hi, Monica. Hi, let's talk about Saraswati. Well, she's amazing, isn't she? As as a form of the mother, she is this wife of Brahma, the creator. But but what she's really doing is allowing us to recreate ourselves through the knowledge. She bestows this incredible blessing of connection into the truth, the true knowledge. It's just seeing through the illusion and beyond the illusion, the knowledge of the illusion, but the knowledge of all things that are beyond the illusion. And it's an incredible blessing that she can provide us. It's an incredible healing blessing. It's an incredible shift of consciousness. But interestingly, she's also the goddess of the arts, of right speech, of music, uh, you know, and she has this uh, vena that she plays, this musical instrument that she plays. So there's some hint there that this is also about a vibratory nature of things that is the life force underneath the way we create, the way we express, the way we enter into our world. Yes, exactly. You know, she's when we see her, she has the instrument in her hand. She has a book or a palm leaf book. She has a rosary, which is symbolism, the symbolic of a mala to be able to do mantras, which is something that she creates. She's the mother of all language, the alphabet, all language, all, all imagination and visualization. We can see how much that is such a part of being a human, really, because the power of our imagination and and ability to visualize anything and to express anything, that's all the Divine Mother Saraswati's energy flowing in us. And uh, when we have her energy, she's transforming the nature of our mind, really, the nature of our mind to make it consciousness. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Some of the topics today that we're going to talk about is about knowledge is power. Knowledge is a key to healing. Knowledge is a key to realizing consciousness. And the very important topic that no problem is unsolvable. Mm. And that's what that's her grace to show us the answers to any problem that we face. You know, the, 
those are a little bit of the topics we're going to touch on today. That, that's a lot to talk about <laughs> in the pursuit of knowledge here. But I, I want to take a little step back, if I can, Monica, because, you know, you introduced me as a psychologist, and I, I was a Ph.D. psychologist, which means that some portion of that psychology career was spent as a professor. And so I was in the pursuit of knowledge in that sense mm-hmm. inside psychology but I don't think I understood what knowledge really was, not in the Saraswati uh, way that we're talking about it today. Um, but when I first, my first day as an assistant professor in, in a university, my first day on the job as a professor, I was bringing all my books and things into my office. And I noticed in the office next to me that they were just wholesale unloading everything out of that office, sticking it in big plastic bags bags and putting it out at the dumpster. And I asked the secretary after watching this for a while, what, what, what's going on there? And she said, well, the professor who had that office just passed away. And it was quite a sobering opening moment to what I thought was going to be a career of pursuit of the knowledge to see that this entire career of 30 or 40 years of whatever this professor had done basically was going to end up in big trash bags in a dump. And it really hit me, it really hit me. You know, what I thought I was in the pursuit of knowledge, shouldn't knowledge be doing something more than, show, you know, you're spending your whole life that ends up in the trash can. And it, it was like a, a moment of understanding that if knowledge is really going to transform anything in this world, if knowledge is really going to have that power to transform that it has to be able to shift the consciousness of people. That if it doesn't shift people's general consciousness, then what's the point? It might as well end up in the trash can. And just looking at that, it started me thinking, you know, what, how, how many have really ever shifted the consciousness? Okay, Einstein, you know, but I'm no Einstein. So what is it that it takes to really use knowledge to shift consciousness. And that's what Saraswati knows. That is what she does. She uses knowledge to shift consciousness. And here I was kind of bumbling around on that point. You know, psychology has a rich history, especially in the 60s and 70s, of knowing what takes people down to their lowest level of consciousness. That if you put fear out there or impose authority or if you... uh, peddle hate or propaganda in some way, very easily the basic mind-body thing of human beings is to go into a state of self-preservation and fight or flight. And we have lots of psychological studies that show that, but where are the psychological studies that show how to raise your consciousness above those reactions? above the reaction of fear, above the reaction of self-preservation, above the reaction of fight or flight and the set of isms like racism and uh, sexism and even greed that come as a result of those instinctual responses that can be triggered very easily in human beings. And so my... I thought about this a lot, as you could tell, but thinking can't get you all the way you need to go. So I began to realize that we needed some new constructs in the process. 
that we had to have, that you couldn't get to this consciousness shift without a construct of God, without a construct of the soul, without a construct of something that's eternal. And that even if you just believed in those things, which was good, it was a step, it didn't necessarily change consciousness. Because these things were unseen. There was no way to see these things or to know them other than to go into some kind of direct experience of those unseen things like God and the soul and eternity. So I really think this is what serosity is all about for me, just because this has been my journey in trying to figure out how to shift consciousness, how, how knowledge can shift consciousness in a positive way. I think she is telling us, go into the experience of the vibration of the knowledge, of the truth, of the truth beyond this illusion. And by going into that experience, it becomes known to you in a different way. You know, if I've never tasted an orange, I can know what an orange is. But do I really know what an orange is? You have to taste it. You have to smell it. You have to feel it in your hands. You have to have peeled one once. And then maybe you're getting it. And I think that's what Saraswati brings to us. She brings us the ability to hook into the, the real thing out there, the truth that lies beyond this illusion, to have that experience deeply within us so that we really, really do have some true knowledge of what be, lies beyond here. You know, they say faith is the belief in things unseen. But from Saraswati, true knowledge is the experience of those things unseen. So for me, that's what she's bringing me. She's bringing, she's hooking me into a way to connect into the vibration of everything. She's hooking me into a way to connect into something beyond this illusion and my low-level responses to it of fight or flight and fear. And she's allowing me the opportunity to know something greater and from knowing that something greater deep within my own experience, shifting my consciousness so that I can enter the world in a different way from love, from that truth, from seeing God in everything, from knowing I am eternal, from knowing I am not just a body that happens to have a soul, but a soul who happens to be walking around in this body. That's beautiful, Cindy. And that's really, when we think of the knowledge, um, uh, the effect that it has, just hearing that on our consciousness. You know, Mm. that when true knowledge, when just hearing it, like when you start to hear that you, in fact, are an immortal soul, when you hear these these immortal truths about the nature of your soul, the nature of uh, your being one with the divine, you know when you start to hear those truths, they affect they affect you and they make you they they're like these you know these, these energy missiles into into our consciousness that start to make us become awake and mm-hmm. really that is you know 
hearing that is so important. That's why knowledge is 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 true freedom when you have knowledge about who you are and why you are here on this planet and what is the nature of creation of this illusion of this purpose this journey of life how do we heal those qualities in us that you were mentioning you know psychology talks a lot, the modern psychology talks about the dysfunctional human being and studies that. Mm -hmm. But the ancient psychology instead focused on realized beings or actualized beings. You know, these Mm -hmm. great rishis, the the great sages who who understood uh, what this life was about and knew how how to use the laws of nature that really the mother is created to create something divine and beautiful in this world. So they, you know, that the ancient psychology is talking about us, how to develop our soul to become this incredible, really divine soul, you know, to realize that, that we are divine and to realize our inner capability. And she's the one who, the knowledge itself, which is her, you know, when we talk about knowledge, mm-hmm. even when she's coming to you, when she's giving you some knowledge, when you're receiving some pure, true knowledge, that's her coming to you to awaken you to yourself and for you to experience, like you were saying, we have to experience the reality, not just, you know, some words about it. And the knowledge itself takes us to the actual experience, which is what we need and what we're all looking for. And that's the mother's energy. That's Sarasvati's energy. And, you know, in, in ancient days, that's the form of the mother that, that they worshipped. And they, mm. they connected to her because she, was, she could tell them or teach them about the nature of this creation and why we're here and what to do about it. You know, how do we solve the problems of the world? And how do we solve the problems of our life or any person that needs to be healed or any problem that's facing them? You know, this is, that is really, uh, that's what we need. That's why we need the mother's energy to show us that. And knowledge is that power to change our lives. It is that power to change our world. It is the first step in any healing process is to realize something that's true that's happening there. We get when we're in pain, when we have a physical ailment or an emotional problem or a relationship problem, we get all bound up in the tit-for-tat suffering of that, and he said this, and she said that, and then this happened, and now my body is in this shape, and so on. And we're so wrapped up in what is basically an illusion play there on us that we can't see past the physical pain we can't see past the emotional pain we can't see past how this has devastated our lives or brought us into chaos in in what we thought we had as an ordered world before and it is really the knowledge the true knowledge that the idea that this is happening because you are a soul and there is a soul development 
process occurring here, that nothing comes to you in this illusion just out of sheer mayhem. It comes because there is something to be done at the soul level there. There is always a solution to that problem. And the solution to that problem always lives at that soul level, at that eternal level, at that understanding of the true knowledge. And for myself as healer, when I can grasp what it is that is going on in someone's life at that soul level and get them to experience it, automatically the healing starts. It's no longer about being all tied up in the this and the that and what happened and how much it hurts. It's now about, okay, then there's something I can do about this because this came to me for a reason of advancing my soul. And that's what I wanted in the first place anyway. And if I get on that, things will shift. And in fact, when they do get on that, things do shift. And that's healing. That's healing at the soul level. That's healing at the level of Saraswati. Mm. No, this, this, no, when working as a healer and people come to you and they have, you know, all the different kinds of problems in, that face, face us today, it gives me such an inspiration always to know that every problem is solvable. And in fact, that there are always two solutions to every problem, either a, in the natural world or in the supernatural world, in the world of energy. That, that there is no problem that's in the creation that doesn't, doesn't have two solutions. And that always gives me a lot of confidence and also to know, you know, we have so many problems facing us today. And yet it doesn't mean that, we, that there aren't solutions to those problems. There are solutions to those problems if we only have the access point to receive the consciousness mm-hmm. where, that, where those solutions come, then we, you know, there we, can, we can solve whatever it is it, on a personal level or on a, you know, on a global level. And I, that always gives me a lot of really confidence to, to know that it's just a question of patience and, and dedication to uh, find those, pro- you know, find those solutions. And, and uh, that's why that is the power of Saraswati. Absolutely. And I think you hit on it there that part of that is being able to uh, really to connect into, to feel, to be able to sense that greater truth that is beyond there, to make that connection through our consciousness. And part of our consciousness is that we have to work with what we call the Brahma consciousness in the third eye. But what that means is we have to go into the silence in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to get to a place where we are no longer connecting in with our senses into the illusion, but instead we're going into a deeper silence within ourselves in meditation or in mantra process to be able to just be available to where that true knowledge lies that has those answers. I've got a story that I heard about Einstein 
which was he would be working on different problems. And then what he would do when he got stuck is he would sit quietly and hold a, uh, you know, a tennis ball in his hand and just wait until his mind got so, you know, he dropped it because he got very quiet. And then in that, you know, the creativity would come, the answers would come. And that's when you're talking about letting go, right? Letting go of the mind. But it's really, that's where she exists in the realm of pure consciousness. And so when we, when we can access that silence, then the solutions come. And, you know, that and all of the great thinkers, whether they're aware, you know, whether they're consciously connecting to the goddess or anything like that, they're connecting to the silence, to the source of creativity, which is Saraswati. And they're accessing it through that silence. And the access point through that silence is an exquisite access point because it is also in that silence that we tap the nature of who we truly are, that we are not this body. We are not this set of circumstances and experiences and, and troubles or sufferings that we've had, but that we too are a soul, we too are eternal that we are something greater than what we walk around in every day. And that's, I think, one of the most key pieces of the knowledge that we're searching for with Saraswati. And she gives us the experience of that. And also this, you know, when we have knowledge, whether it's knowledge of the self, ourselves, or any kind of knowledge, it makes us free and not dependent on anything or anyone, which is why when you know when we talk about a teaching a man or teaching a man or a woman to fish, then you know is much better than just giving them something to eat because then you train them and then they can go and they can do it themselves, and that makes them a free and independent being and and also be able to free think freely for oneself truly that that independence and and that's really why knowledge is needed for everyone because it makes them free knowledge is power you know it's money doesn't decide our future it's knowledge that decides then if we have knowledge money automatically comes we know that it's if you know certain things even on a mundane level even if you know a skill on the mundane level, even if it's not, we're talking about consciousness level knowledge, that automatically gives us tremendous power over our lives and our destinies. And, you know, power is something that, knowledge is something that nobody can take away from us. Money can be taken away. Things can be taken away. But our knowledge and our wisdom is something that that is always with us. And it gives us tremendous um, power and freedom. And that soul knowledge, it goes across lifetimes. It, it really is never taken away from us. That if we really gain some level of consciousness about the truth of things at the soul level, we do carry that with us as part of our soul power that we're carrying from lifetime to lifetime. 
So it really truly is, just like you said, it is the thing you cannot be taken away from you. It is there across lifetimes if you're really accessing it at that level. And, you know, it's something that um, you can, that has to be earned. You know, even if we look at, at mundane knowledge or, you know, it's something that each person may have brought in gifts from each life, their capacity to study or learn, which all comes from serosity. Um, but that has to be earned oneself. You know, the teacher can't just download it to you. The same way a spiritual master they can download, they can give you some certain experiences, they can, uh, but the knowledge is something that we have to earn ourselves, and it's something that we have to think on, and we have to study, and we have to contemplate, and realize ourselves, and that, it, it's really the, um, it's, it's an incredible power for the soul to have knowledge of itself, and it is it really does make the soul independent and free. You know, I had a client the other day. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. I won't say who she is, but I had a client the other day. And, I mean, it was obvious that what she really needed to do was to know who she truly was, you know, that if she right. had that awareness, things would change radically in her life and what was happening to her and how she viewed it. And so we started talking about how do you know who you really are and you know one of the comments she made I thought was so true you know it's like oh I can give good answers to that I know the spiritually correct answers to who am I you know I'm a particle of God I'm a soul that's eternal you know she had she knew the good answers for that but she didn't have an experience of that that really made her know that's who she was and that's the hard part about winning that knowledge is you really have to go into that energy and feel that and experience that because it isn't something you can just know with your head. You can read all the books you want about the soul, but you still don't still doesn't tell you who you are. Right. Or give you the the experience of that. You know, where that awake that knowledge is awake in you. So it's not just an, another idea. And that, you know, that's also what what she's doing, actually. When the mother, uh, when it flows, when her energy flows in the mind, it really transforms the mind and expands the mind to allow us to, first of all, to, to experience that. In fact, we're not these small people or, uh, you know, the this body or this psychology or this set of karmas and relationships in this life, but we are something, you know, much, we are something eternal as you were saying, but it's like she comes in and transforms our thinking until finally the, we have to experience that as a truth, as, as a reality. And that's really what, what she, where she's taking us. To, with this knowledge is to go to the experience, to, to have that experience of who we are and where we came from and what are we doing in this life? Why are we here? What's our purpose? What's our, yeah, what's our purpose? And that, that she brings us to that through the knowledge that, through the real knowledge, because the real knowledge, when, it, when it's given, it has her Shakti behind it. 
And it's really that Shakti power that's the awakening power. Really, that it just, you can hear one thing and, ah, you get it. You know, that's that's the power. That's her power within that. But we do, it needs to be experienced. Otherwise, it's just another uh, another dead word, you know. And the Shakti, I love that notion that you have to, the Shakti, her energy, the divine feminine energy, that is her. That is the bestowing energetic of awakening. And so by connecting into her, by connecting into that energy, by going into the silence and doing connection to her through mantra or through whatever practice we may have, that awakened state starts to come to us and and you know you can have one awakening experience and pretty fast walking back into the illusion that can be beaten down into you know doubt and (laughs) confusion and all sorts of other things so we have to keep going for that awakening moment that awakening experience keep connecting into it and find a way to start walking our lives in response to the awakening moment, as opposed to all those other moments that are so easily there to beat down any realization or awakening we may have had in those divine moments. And so it's, it's, a, it's a constant process of enlightenment, really, isn't it? It's a path of enlightenment, of an awakening and continuing to awaken and awaken again and have that experience again, and then try and walk that in your life, try and be like her swan. She, she, Saraswati sits on a beautiful swan. And the story of the swan is that if you give it a cup of milk mixed with water, that it can separate out the milk and, and leave the water, only drink the milk. That's who we need to be. That's, yeah. that's it, you know? That's yeah, what we need exactly. to use these awakenings to do. Right. You're walking through this life and no matter what, you're able to get the goodness and get the truth and get the purity out of whatever the mixture is that we're tasting. So you can have that nectar and that nectar is really pure knowledge, true knowledge, because when you know that, then you, you do know that God is everywhere, that God is in you, and that God is outside, and God is in everyone else. And you can live that reality and experience that, that bliss and that, that really that bliss of knowing who you are. And that comes from pure knowledge. And when it's time for the soul that receives the knowledge about the soul and how to charge the soul, how to empower the soul, uh, that once the soul is fed those kinds of vibrations, then automatically it develops our consciousness. And our consciousness, when our consciousness expands, then we're experiencing more of what this life really is about. And we're tapping into the immortal and the eternal in every moment. And that's really Saraswati's blessing. And, uh, you know, also I want to bring up, Cindy, we were talking just a little bit about mantra because she's, as we speak about her as the goddess of language, she is the creator of the alphabet. She is the creator of all of the seed syllables, all the seed vibrations that make up 
all of creation. So every word is made up of her Shakti. It's, it's every word that that is created and every mantra that is created. And when you understand the power of or tap into like the power of mantras, you want, then you can you tap into the creative force of the mother because it's really serosity that gives us that the how to's <laughs> to how to create Brahma who her consort gets that knowledge from to create the universe from her because the secrets of creating the universe lie with her and it is her uh, mantra it is her alphabet that she uses they're the building blocks the pin codes the dna of this whole creation and once you have access to those things then you can become a real creator in this world you can really do something and one of the ancient stories is that the great vibration of the ohm is the spark that starts the creation running but this is a deeper understanding that these beaches, this language, this filled with the vibration of all things is really the, the multiplicity of creation that happens. And that's through her, which shows you how really powerful Om and mantras are as a way of getting beyond the illusion and into that truth that she is too. And those practices, I mean, it, sound, it when people first start them, they just think, oh, I'm just sitting here saying things I have no idea what they mean, and it's not anything. But if they'll sit with it for a while, they will feel that vibration in their own beings. And really, there is a vibratory quality to that that you can directly experience. Definitely. That's the experience that we were talking about when we repeat any of these mantras we access exactly the energies that we're, we're repeating. And so we, that gives us a direct link to any of the cosmic energies, any, any, any aspect of the, of the divine energy. We can link through using one of these words, these keys, these pin codes called mantras. And so when we know the science, not even know the science, we don't have to know the science, but just use some of those mantras, we can experience the power, her power, the power of creative language, how repeating some mantras automatically changes the nature of our mind, and then we can, we can go to a different state. We can go beyond the mind into that state of peacefulness, into into the larger reality where bigger things are known. And uh, we should mention that that is part of the mission of divine lineage is, is that we do have mantra and yantra practices that are ancient, tried and true for making connection to divine energy sources. And that is one of the things we endeavor to share with those who have an interest in that. So if there is someone listening who has an interest in that, please go to our website at www.divinelineage.org. Thank you. Uh, there's one last point I wanted to bring up because it, we've been talking in the, in the Sacred Feminine series really about empowering women and that's a big part of what's needed in the planet today. And 
Knowledge, women receiving knowledge is very, very important, both on a mundane level, you know, when, when young girls are given knowledge and go to school they, and they're trained, they can really uplift the whole community and society. They've, they've, all the studies they've done, whenever they really support and, and train women, they lift everyone else around them. And also that they need to have the in-depth spiritual knowledge because throughout modern history, much women have been denied access to that knowledge. That's pretty much in every tradition. It has been something that um, they were excluded from. And in fact, there's no reason for that. And, it, other, there's no reason in terms of uh, necessary reason. It's not. It's not necessary. In fact, what's needed is that women gain that knowledge and that freedom from that knowledge with that knowledge. When you combine the knowledge with the sacred feminine that every woman holds, you have a, an immense creation power. The whole world can be created from that. Certainly their lives, their families, their communities, but in the entire world can be recreated from that power. And so it's part of our mission as well to make that clear that those things need to come back together. The divine feminine and women's power needs to be combined with this ancient and beautiful connection to true knowledge. Well, thank you, Cindy, for joining me today and for all of our listeners to explore all of the goddesses together. Thank you for joining us. And please follow us on Blog Talk Radio to get announcements of our next topics. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste. Namaste.